Yo. Fucking right. <laughs> nice intro. <laughs> we could edit, but maybe not, because we got to keep it real. Yeah, this yeah. has been. This has actually been a quite an exciting day. I'm not gonna lie. I'm. I'm much better than I was yesterday. Um, my energy level. I just. I did a live Instagram with uh, my buddy Coach U Strong, um, yeah. and then I just sat with Jeff and the coaches from Fit Life on Zoom trying to figure that out and learning a little bit about that so it's pretty cool I'll tell you what with this exciting energy is exciting energy at Wegmans right now yeah is that where you were I had to just run out and get actual essentials not stupid shit like people have like uh, grapefruit soda and other crap I'm like there's plenty of food to go around so people are freaking out and not, not getting exactly what they want like, there's plenty of fucking food. Relax. You know what? I, like, looked in my freezer. I'm like, we have plenty of frozen stuff. We have still refrigerated stuff. We have apples, bananas. Like, I'm like, yeah, we're good. I'm like, I feel like I should be going to the store. And I'm like, no, nah, we're actually good. I mean, I think we probably could maybe use it, you know, some toilet paper and some paper towels. But, I mean, honestly, we're not in a, in a struggle to, to need it at the moment. Yeah, man. So, listen, so this is how I'm going to kind of do this. Um, so, we'll start it this way. It's the Coach Haas podcast sponsored by Sports Rehab. We're located in Ivy Land, uh, Bucks County, PA. And, um, you know, we'll take Mike through here. I'll let him do his introduction and things like that. And what we're going to do is we talked about it a couple different times. We were going to do like a 15 minutes to Mike, and Mike told me right away that <laughs> 15 minutes isn't long enough for him. So, uh, be prepared, folks, because he can probably chat a little bit. He'll definitely keep you entertained. I'm going to play the uh, the guy here that is going to ask most of the questions. And, you know, um, obviously I do post physical uh, therapy rehab, you know, and I get them basically when Mike is done with them. Um, but Mike obviously knows, you know, a, a lot more about these things and a little bit more in detail. And then, you know, I'll kind of pick his brain as best I can. And then, you know, we'll go from there. But um, we did have a couple different topics we were going to talk about. I wasn't sure. Um, I didn't want to throw them off guard. I did. I threw three of them at them. And, you know, I said, let's decide on what we want to do. Um, we talked about fifth metatarsal fracture. Right, Mike? Yeah. What I want to do first before I even get into all that stuff is I'm going to uh, have you, you know, tell me your name, your profession, where you're from, how long you've been doing it. Um, you know, right. some things like that. So, uh, my name is Mike St. George and, uh, I've been doing physical therapy. It'll probably be 10 years in October. I've been with Excel physical therapy, um, basically since, uh, since graduation. So I've been with the same place, uh, all 10 years. Um, and they were a private practice. They started probably around like central Philadelphia in uh, like late 90s or so, early 90s. And they've just expanded, kind of grown. We have like 30 plus clinics now. We do a lot of outpatient orthopedics, basically kind of see uh, see everything. In, um, in the beginning of my career, we had contracted with the Rothman Institute. And uh, that was a cool experience because that allowed me to have time to shadow a lot of these physicians and surgeons and learn things that you're not really exposed to in school, that things that uh, sometimes you don't even get that opportunity on your internships. 
So I spent a lot of time learning from those guys, uh, from everything from shoulder, knee to ankle to spine. I mean, it was it was awesome. Developed a good relationship with a lot of those guys. Um, it's a little bit harder now to get in and shadow them because they just have, uh, you know, their their way of kind of doing things. Um, they like to keep their positions just productive and on point. They don't really want any side distractions. So um, our company tries to bring some of them out uh, during company meetings for some almost like a little mini continuing ed course. It's on some updates of things and, um, you know, just kind of get uh, the latest on how things are going with uh, certain body parts, certain specialties, stuff like that. Right. So, um yeah, so uh, and outside of that, I've just had the opportunity to take a lot of awesome continuing education courses because Excel is a company that does provide a lot of uh, continuing ed money for their employees. So, you know, um, it's encouraged to try to use as much as you can because, I mean, it's, it's there. They're basically, you know, giving you this for, for free, you know, to go and do this, to learn and become better. I mean, you could take a simple online course, but... You know, those are there just in case you want to, you know, fill in some things. But I think the majority of continuing ed should be a lot of these advanced hands-on courses where you go and you really get to learn from the gurus in this profession and uh, really see things. And it just helps you become a better clinician and, you know, be able to treat your patients a little more effectively, uh, answer questions a little bit more sharply, um, and really just kind of fine-tune how you are. You know, you really just create the path that you want to be on you know, basically as a physical therapist, you kind of be right. or you could just kind of be next level. You know, it's really what you want to do, which is, you know, like it's this is crazy because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing over here. I'm just reading, you know, um, the first topic that I want to talk about, because everyone, you know, knows me really in this area now as doing a lot of the ACL post rehab. Um, but today I wanted to actually talk about a topic that was. You know, it's it's high up there on the, the soccer injury list. It's not the top one, but I wanted to kind of go outside the box earlier on um, because there's tons of things we can talk about ACL. Uh, but that first topic that uh, I mentioned earlier was the fifth metatarsal fracture. Um, can you like kind of explain a little bit about the fifth metatarsal fracture and then like kind of some of the common causes that... Yeah, so if you were to look up a picture of what that is, the fifth metatarsal is basically like your, um, it's like your fifth your fifth toe. So the bone runs all the way up, and you can actually feel it on the side of your your foot. If you run from your pinky toe and kind of come all the way down, you're gonna feel like a little drop off a ledge that kind of it goes into your heel, and that is the fifth uh, metatarsal head right there. Um, at least proximally. Uh, so it's almost like a little shelf and it kind of uh, sticks out a little bit. And, um, you know, whenever you get in like a weird area like that, injured or fractured, that's not really a normal site. That's something that happens from excessive pressure, force, or something traumatic. Um, you probably see it a lot in soccer because of just a dynamic movements that happen, you know, I mean, you're using your feet a lot for that sport, you know, you're cutting, you're twisting, you're planting. Does that, ground. is that, are you more prone to that type of injury? If you, perhaps you've had a, um, ankle sprains in the past, uh, does any ankle instability cause anything like, so some of the common causes to that, like, 
Yeah, I would say that something like that is going to be a little bit more prominent if you have ankle instability. Um, to actually look at and find any research that's showing correlation between that, I haven't come across anything. If there is stuff out there, I'd be really curious to read it and see, you know, the correlation and what the study, you know, entailed. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where they see these injuries and, you know, if the foot is not stable and it's all over the place, it's going to predisposition towards other injuries. And that could be, especially an inversion sprain where the foot moves inward, which is really common. You're rolling onto the outside of that foot and there's a chance that you're going to probably hit that fifth metatarsal or land awkwardly. Um, and even in soccer too, I mean, with the cleats, the way they're stepping, a lot of things happen where another player steps on the foot or they roll off another foot. You know, I mean, you can see that stuff in basketball too. But any of these like cleat sports, because of those shoes and how rigid they are, um, they don't allow for a lot of flexibility as well. So that adds to it. So it's almost like you have a, a foot that's not stable. You have a rigid shoe. And then if there's these aberrant forces, all of a sudden everything's going together with it. So that's what I think you're going to kind of see with that type of injury. Now, and identifying something like that, you know, like what, what would an athlete, what would they, would they feel like a pop or would, would there be like immediate pain with something like that? I mean, yeah, would... I mean, you'll, you'll probably know, you'll definitely feel the pain right around that spot. Um, really isolated, they'll point right to it, you know, uh, probably pain with walking and, and pressure, you know, so uh, it's one of those things where, you know, they're going to have to, uh, you know, take a look at it and then, um, Maybe I might have to put in like a walking boot, you know, or something to let it to let it heal, you know. Um, if it's yeah, so really, some of the treat, yeah, so some of the treatments there, right? Like, what would some of the treatments be? So you know, well, first we want to diagnose and look at like obviously how bad the fracture is, and that goes any type of fracture, you know, look and see is it, you know, is it together? Is it like a hairline fracture, something that's split, or is it is it continuity, meaning that the pieces are. Uh, is our pieces broken off? Things like that. Like how bad is it? That's going to require, you know, whether um, if they need to have some type of surgery to, to put it back together or if they're going to, you know, maybe if they kind of put a pin or something in there um, or if they're just going to kind of let it heal. You know, you just got to quiet it down, let it heal. Don't put stress on it. You know, something like that. Um, you know, and then after that, obviously, you would, you know, whether it's surgery or non-surgery, you'd have to do some therapy because, if you're in a boot, the foot is shut down. Right. Closing right. yourself off in a dark room for six weeks. How are you going to feel the first day you come out and see sunlight? It's going to be pretty, pretty wild. So uh, that's what <laughs> happens. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens to your foot. People don't really realize that. But you have your foot in a boot for that long. You're shutting everything down. Your body, your There's atrophy. nervous system says, well, I don't have to use this right now. So when you come out of it. It's going to be some issues. You can't just just run back onto the field. You know, there's a lot of uh, rehab that has to happen after that. So when they're coming out after, say, they come out of the boot and all those things that you said previous happened and they needed to have it set and fixed and, you know, they're in the boot. They come out of the boot. Um, typical treatment. So they're coming to physical therapy at that point for how long would you say? Well, we have to look at why the injury happened is just because of there were some issues prior so now we're doubling back on things so not only are we rehabbing a foot and ankle and even a whole leg that's been shut down for six to eight weeks or whatever or had surgery so you got to deal with that but then you have to deal with whatever neuromuscular deficits and issues were beforehand that caused the injury 
if it was a traumatic thing, whereas you have a player that's really strong, really stable, something crazy happened, maybe another player stepped on his foot or got caught up in a, in a bad, bad mess or something, and that happened. Um, they, they might have a little bit of a faster recovery because they already have that nice uh, foundation to work off of, you know? So um, they're kind of uh, a little bit more sound uh, neuromuscularly, so then they could uh, bounce back a little faster. But um, you're looking at, you know, coming out, and everyone always wants to know, like, an exact time frame, but it's always individual dependent because yep. once you go yep. through the healing process and everything is healed and you can't really essentially injure anything anymore it's really up to how how well the patient is gonna do with uh their exercises how compliant are they the more practice they're doing um pain levels things like that sometimes after some of these injuries it's not always straightforward maybe there's a a weird nerve issue maybe you want you know the uh perineal nerve or something got um injured in there or there's uh you know some scar tissue issues from surgery so there's all right. these other external factors that you have to kind of weigh in and, and see how well the person's doing. But usually the more someone practices and the more that they are kind of counteracting where they were before, the better. So if you're in a boot for six weeks, well, it's going to be that much more time of minutes, hours, days of practicing and learning, getting your body to relearn again, just even doing basic stuff, just some basic foot exercises, working on balance, things like that. If you do your exercises, I'm going to do like a couple sets, maybe like twice a day. I mean, that's just not going to cut it if you want to get back, especially playing at an elite level. The demands on you are really high, so you have to really practice, practice, practice. So that's always going to help the progressions, you know, in therapy. So with all the, you know, um, if everything, which, you know, we know that not all the time does it go as planned, um, but typically... If someone doesn't have many um, many issues as they're going through and, and not many restrictions and they're kind of checking the boxes as you're going through, a return to action for someone to, or better yet, a return to uh, the post-physical therapy, or is there really, you know, like, I mean, clearly they, they need some of that when they're coming out of physical therapy. They're going to need that next level of um advanced training before they really get back out onto the field but it with all that being said typically uh how long is it before there is a return to action or a return to um getting into a higher advanced level of training well that's going to be something that we're probably going to talk about a lot which is looking at these uh you know these screenings that that we do especially under the functional movement systems um that i think a lot of the uh patients that I've been treating are getting familiar with. They see the printouts, they see me talk about it. Um, you know, we're, we're in year 2020 now. You know, we have a lot more advancements in health and fitness. So this whole thing of, eh, it looks good, go back. You know, that's so rudimentary and so, you know, like, I guess archaic. We have better ways of determining if an athlete can get back to play and there's actually objective data behind it. And that's a great thing about the functional movement systems is they are looking at things that are going to simulate the demands on the human body and translate into sports specific type function. And we can look at them and we can one, see if they can even complete it Two, look at the objective data and see if it's adding up. And then three, be able to progress them appropriately with proper exercises so they can get back. So they don't just go back and get re-injured, you know, and this is across the spectrum, you know, from 
high school to collegiate to even pro level. You know, these are the things we're looking at. So um, I think that that's really what the answer is going to be is when can my kid go back to play? And it's like, well, let's look at the screening and let's see if he can pass the function that is, you know, and, and basically produce the output and, and basically, um, you know, ex, you know, demonstrate that he could do the things that a sport's going to require him first before getting back out on the field. So, for example, right. we do these functional capacity screens or we do an FMS screen, look at how the full body moves, look at demands like jumping, the impact control, explosive control, things like that. And then, you know, they go into a next phase, such as what they do with you, and see can we translate all the things that they've been working on in therapy as a foundation and now translate that into sports-specific stuff and see how they do. So there's a little bit of a phase in getting back there instead of just throwing them back in, you know, jumping in both feet and, uh, you know, then we have a risk of getting more injury or they get hurt, you know, hurt again and then they're back out through the same thing again. Right, right. Yo, this is good stuff, man. Um, this is what I'm saying. Like, these are these are simple things that, you know, just quick nuggets of information that, that people, you know, and again, this is this is one of the top three that I wanted to go after outside of all the normal ones because we're going to, we're going to tie back around to, you know, the big one that I spend most of my time with is the ACL. Uh, but where, where can people find you? Like, where do you live on social media right now? So I'm at, at Icor St. George on Instagram. Uh, it's Icor underscore St. George, just so you can read it a little better. Um, it's Icor because uh, I do the um, Spartan races and train to do that. And uh, my buddy has a gym out in Westchester called Icor Fitness. So we train together. So that's why the name is there. Um, but you'll be able to find some, you know, just entertaining stuff on fitness, you know, workouts, as well as also, uh, I write injury prevention articles for one of my sponsors and things like that. So there's some cool stuff on there as well as, um, you know, basic exercises for certain areas and things like that. So that's where I'm on there. And then I'm on Facebook is Mike St. George. So, uh, a little bit more active on Instagram. Right. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to find out more on the company, you can go to uh, Excel Physical Therapy and Fitness.com. And then, um, yeah, it's really where you can find me at those places. Awesome. Dude, I appreciate your time. I know that, you know, these days are a little bit challenging for everybody, but, you know, we're, we're finding ways to stay positive and keep going. And these were things that I wanted to do for a long time. Um, and you know, I'm able to do them right now. So I'm, I'm blessed and thankful that I, you know, I could get some time with you and, um, hopefully we can make this a lot more often because uh, I got a lot of other injuries I'd like to talk about. So, um, hope to have you on again very soon, Mike. Appreciate your time. Yeah, man. We definitely could do that. Look forward to it. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man.